grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode... Oh, well, I guess it's not episode 78, but it's episode one of the book club still yet to be named. Yes, still yet to be How named. How will which we name that? I don't know. Don't so, you guys like when we work this out while talking to right. you? Right. It's like we didn't think this through before we hit record, but here we are. So actually, we did get some names in that were interesting, right? So uh, so one of them that we liked was Grow Your Book Knowledge. Yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's, that's pretty decent. Uh, growing with books. That's, I mean, it tells you what it is. Growing with books, yep. Um, applied Knowledge is Power. Maybe a little on the nerdy side, but uh, definitely good. And then I think I think maybe maybe our favorite at this point would be Not Your Old Lady Book Club. <laughs> Not Your Old Lady Book Club. Yeah, except for that makes it sound like we're going to be like really cool and like kind of wild and we're not. Yeah. Well, there's me. On I mean, we're going to be cool, so. but not too wild. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, we are starting the Not Your Old Lady Book Club. It's, it's not, that's not what it's it going to be. Sounds like, it sounds like. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I still got, you know what, I just, this just also reminded me that I told them that I'd get a Google number or something for them to text Ooh. me book recommendations and ideas. I'm going to get on that. Here we are. We, we will do this. I, I promise <laughs> we will not, we will not. Look, you're going to you grow well. with us through this new additional episode or episodes or whatever we're doing here. But, um, yeah, we're excited to have you. We're excited to talk about the first book on the list, which is triggers exchanging parents angry reactions for gentle biblical responses and um shout out to the authors amber leah and wendy speak two moms who really uh i think will resonate with all of us moms and dads yeah so actually speaking of that i'll say that something we did in this book reading it together was we referred whenever she said mom in the book because she pretty much speaks to moms in this uh we we just kind of said um parents what parents yeah moms and dads yeah yeah. moms and dads or or the word parents which helped me feel a little more included uh which yeah so i would i would probably suggest that if if you're reading together which we said in the last episode that was pretty long for what we were saying Mm -hmm. i think uh so apologies for that but Hopefully, you were able to get your spouse on board with this, and you guys have talked about this, and you clicked the link in the show notes to get the book, uh, Triggers. So that is where we're starting today. We are, we are again, you know, kind of flying by the seat of our pants as far as how many chapters we'll get in this episode, but the goal is to hit at least the first three. So Lies. chapter number... This week, yeah, five, we're going to hit the first five chapters, and yes. obviously, we don't want to give away every bit of each chapter because we want to encourage you to read the author's work because I think it's really helpful when you're uh, reading it yourself as well. But we're excited to cover uh, the first chapter right now, which is disobedience, and mm. our hope is that we can go through this and kind of tell you how each of these chapters applied to us before we read the book and then what we've implemented while or since reading the book. That's a little bit of a curveball, but I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. So should we tell them why we picked um, triggers for our very first book? Sure. Because yeah. this is the very first yeah, book yeah. club, Growing With Books, Not Your Old Ladies Book Club episode. Yeah. So so the reason we picked triggers, and I think we've mentioned this before, is that we we were kind of feeling like something was amiss in our lives. It's like, okay, we are growing uh, 
in our relationship with God as a couple, we are growing in our marriage. We, we feel like those, those things are improving, but where, where are the weak spots in our lives? And I think the weakest point for us was just the, uh, just the concept of parenting. Collectively. Collectively. Yeah. yeah. Being on the same page, knowing what we both stand for, uh, from each, from each, uh, each thing that comes along with the chaos of parenting. And so we decided to, uh, to, Invest our time in the first book, uh, and Jana had been wanting to read this book because she found it, and we opened it up, and we were and we were really really happy with it. So so that's kind of where all this stems from. Yeah, and if by chance somebody shared this episode with you, and this is your first time ever hearing from us, hi, um, we have <laughs> we have four little people of our own. They're uh, ages five and under, and so. As you can imagine, parenting is a big topic for us and something we really need to learn and grow in. So the first chapter is on disobedience. And you know, the funny thing is, is in this chapter, the whole big idea is, and actually of the book, I think they're talking about how parenting is, it's not easy. And there's tons of people out there that have tips and tricks and tools for you to to mold your kids, right? And to do all the different, you know, nanny 911 and expecting and... I would like to have her on. I'm just saying there's so many tools and tips and tricks of how... No, super super nanny, Joe. There's two different ones. Joe. Joe is the one that I want. Don't get hung up on nanny. (laughs) Um, There's so many things of how to fix your child, right? And there's so, and there's so much conflicting information out there. And so I think like the big idea of not just this chapter, but really the whole book is understanding triggers means the things that we are triggered by and why we're triggered triggered by them and really looking internally at things that we uh, maybe didn't heal from as as kids and how we were parented or different traumas or different um, issues. Honestly, all of our own issues that we have that we bring into parenthood yeah. and then kids, you know, uh, what's the word? exacerbate them oh that's a great word yeah like yes. like really like yeah so like you you really think that it's just about you know making these little robotic human beings who need to be obedient and do what you say when you say it because you're the parent without realizing like there's a lot of us we need to work on yes there is and the book is broken down into external triggers and internal triggers yeah. so so this first chapter is going to be an external trigger of disobedience so so kind of pinpointing on disobedience i know everyone's like leaning into this one they're like uh-huh yep let's how do i fix my kids hear disobedience? It. here we yeah. go that'd be you john uh, but i just talked all that time so i thought you were gonna That's take okay. it for- the people the people like your voice do they do you guys like my voice no okay so disobedience like that obviously as soon as you open the book you're like sweet exactly what i just said they're gonna tell me how to make my kids obey and no it's actually a big idea is that like i said parenting's not easy there's tons of tips and tricks and tools out there to help kids go from combative to compliant but we're missing a really big puzzle piece when we focus on their disobedience and that that's putting all the focus and the responsibility on them instead of looking at what are we doing that could be instigating this disobedience and where do we have it wrong? Yeah, and and what behaviors are our kids seeing in us that at least at least what I got from this is it's like, well, where'd your kids even learn 
how yeah. to act like that. Even though obviously there are, there are chaotic things kids do that we don't understand. Yeah, like kids but, hit each other and like, well, they've never seen us hit, it, but that's it, just kind of inherent. Exactly. So ultimately it's like, okay, how can we flip the mirror back on ourselves and say, well, what are we doing? What like as as parents are we are we the leaders we need to be? Are we stepping up? You know, what does our character look like? And ultimately, from a biblical perspective, what that leads to for us is it's like, okay, well, how do we become more like Christ? How do, how do we become more like Jesus? Um, and and Jesus got angry, right? But 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 it was righteous. Yeah, it was it was righteous anger. He was he was he was angry for for justice, which I guess we could argue there are a lot of things where we're, we're looking for justice within our households and things. But ultimately, Jesus's anger again, yeah, wasn't unrighteous. And so, how do we how do we um, righteously like get angry at the right times, but also you know gently show our kids that this is. There's there's some productivity behind this anger when they're well, when they're disobeying uh, because we're working on our character we're trying to improve ourselves. But I actually think that's one of the points she's trying to make is we should not have anger towards them because anger leads to sinful behaviors like impatience, rudeness, and harsh scolding. And um, actually, it's Doctor Phil always says like it takes a thousand attaboys to undo one like bad dog. That might not I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if that's exactly how he says it, but that's always stuck with me because. Our kids are sponges. So if you're constantly, if we are constantly talking to them in harsh tones and scolding and being rude and impatient with them, which I know I have personally been guilty of many times because I'm a mother of four young kids. So uh, there's constantly needs from my kids to me. And there's times where I'm stressed and I take it out on them. But that is, that takes a lot of undoing because their their little feelings get hurt and it's hard to remember that they're little humans who have feelings and emotions too so i think it's important to understand that um that's what anger leads to and and if we are being triggered if anger is a trigger after no if disobedience is triggering anger for us that's when we need to stop and evaluate What's going on inside of us? Why are we angry exactly? Yeah. But then on the other side of the coin, I know someone might be listening like, well, look, I don't want my kid to be a snowflake. And trust <laughs> me, that is like my favorite thing to say. My and and it is it is really hard for me to imagine because I look I look at the world and I'm like, look, there's enough entitled little jerks out there. I'm not True. I'm not gonna try to I'm not gonna try to produce one on you know, in my family. And so also from a biblical perspective, it's really important. And she she makes this point. She's like, look, kids are supposed to obey their parents. Like it is in the Bible, right? Like God wants wants our kids to obey us. So it is important and we should expect obedience. But again, you know, what methods are we using and then where where's our heart? Because I know personally for me, disobedience usually doesn't come down to, well, the Bible says that you should obey me, kids. It comes down to me feeling disrespected. Mm-hmm. And so if I feel disrespected, ultimately that is gonna that's going to start to uh, start to affect my pride, right. and then my and then when I really am evaluating myself and dissecting why I'm angry, it's usually because I'm prideful and I'm like, "Look, I'm your dad because I said so." Mm-hmm. Here we go. But that doesn't actually teach them, and that's something we've learned through reading this whole book. Is and and you know from reading the Bible and praying on this is that that's not teaching them anything to say. I'm your dad. And I said so. And and something that really changed my heart with all of this, too, is realizing when she talks about, and I don't know, I probably have a note, but I don't know which chapter it is, but she talks about how we are supposed to be the representation of 
of who God is as a father, that's how we are supposed to be to our kids. So if we are representing God as this impatient brood, just like looking for reasons to whack them upside the head is kind of the imagery I get of like everything they do wrong, attacking them for it. Like that gives a false image of who God is as a father, Mm. you know, like, so that, that brings me to in the book, she talks about God's the God of 70 times seven chances. And he doesn't deal harshly with us, you know, when we are a child of God. And so that really convicted me when I read that, because I was thinking, there's so many times where I've said to one of the kids, like, how many times have I told you not to do that? And I've said it in anger and like yelled at them. And then like, I've, now I have this feeling almost like, I think a prompting probably by the Holy Spirit that's saying, whoa, what if I did that with you every time you sinned against me, every time you did, you know, X, Y, Z, the things that I've struggled with. Mm. Um, and he doesn't do that. He gives me grace and he forgives me. So also not to mention how quickly our kids forgive us like <laughs> yeah. it kind of boggles my mind but yes so all that to say um if you are trying to live a live your life by the bible like these are really important things to realize that like yes what's what's the one thing that people always use to justify like harsh um like spanking and stuff yeah just like harsh punishment and i'm not trying to argue that right now i'm just saying like the rod spare the rod something spare the rod spoil the child something like that yeah so <laughs> i don't like, even know but is that in the bible i i don't know i've heard we are say clearly it. not biblical scholars here guys i think ultimately ultimately where, where this comes from and the whole reason we're interested in this book in general is not only is it parenting um it's parenting and it's saying like okay by biblical standards what should we be doing because ultimately our our moral standard comes from comes from the god the the God come God. come from the Bible and God and so uh, she actually had a really a really cool cool quote in here that iron fists chisel stony hearts but graceful hands shape responsive hearts and I thought that was that was pretty powerful because uh, because we did a podcast recently it was probably like I don't know four or five episodes ago uh, some parenting one I can't remember I should know that and uh, and basically our guest. I think it was Megan. Um, she she brought up how the kids would go to Jana whenever, like, as their safe space, right? And they didn't do that to me. Like they um, they yeah. they let down like yeah. all their emotions more to me, right? Because out of both of us, I'm the one that is more like ruling with an iron fist, kind of, kind of on the. I, I'm not I'm not a harsh discipliner or anything like that, but what I am is I'm like stern and I try to be really consistent and those are good things, but again, I can't let my anger um of their disobedience become me just ruling with an iron fist. Otherwise they're not gonna be responsive, they're not gonna find a safe space with me, and then ultimately as their dad being a leader, uh, they need to see, you know, grace from me. Yeah, they need to feel like they are able to come to us. And again, obedience is important and that still needs to be upheld and it needs to be enforced. But I think the biggest takeaway we got from this is not enforcing it out of fear and harshness, but showing them that all, everything we do and the reason we want them to obey is because we love them and because we want what's best for them, which when they're really little, you can explain that pretty basically. I mean, we, I think our five-year-old's starting to get it, but um, another thing that even unbiblically, like even if you aren't following the Bible, another point she made that I thought was really good was talking about how 
how how can we expect kids to respond well to that kind of punishment or that kind of behavior? Because if you think about it, if somebody were to treat you like that, like say your boss would scream at you or yell at you or be really impatient or rude or harsh, you know, send you to the other room when you mess up or whatever, like, do you blossom under that kind of, kind of, uh, what would you call it? Like tyranny or that kind of discipline like probably not tyranny is more like government related yeah yeah yeah. well you know what i mean like nobody really blossoms under that kind of scolding not that you have to be a gentle snowflake like chris is always very fearful of ain't nobody trying to raise weak no you don't let them walk all over you you do make them obey but like think about if we're raising future adults do you thrive under somebody talking to you the way you talk to your children yeah, that can be super, super convicting because we look at kids and we think like, okay, we they are clay. We're supposed to mold them and shape them, which we are. But we do forget that they're evolving, and ultimately, like they they have a sense of uh, a sense of wanting to wanting to um, be be heard, right? Yeah, they're people they have, too. Yeah, they they have needs. They want to be heard. And I think one of the most interesting things, even on our past podcast through parenting that I've learned from experts has been that every time a kid is reacting to something, they're trying to fulfill a need. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, that's true. It makes, it makes perfect sense. So, so sometimes, sometimes probably one out of 10 times, cause I'm not, the, I'm not an expert parent, but by any stretch of the imagination, but maybe one out of 10 times I'll stop instead, instead of getting angry and I'll be like, okay, what need is my kid trying to Mm -hmm. tell me or trying to fulfill right now with this complete meltdown. Yeah. I'll give a quick example. So our, our third child is two, Lena. She gets into everything lately. And Mm. I had a light bulb moment this morning. She comes to me while I'm trying to do school with the other girls. And she goes, mom, I made a bad decision. And yes, our two-year-old talks like that. She's crazy. And I'm like, great, what did she do? And she had drawn on something and came to tell me that she did it. And she knew that it was bad. So in the past, I could very easily get angry because I'm very sick of the messes that she's making. She's drawing on things and getting the lipstick and food and just... She's running like She's just getting in everything, yeah. But in that moment, I was able to, to pause and look at what need she was trying to meet. And I realized, whoa, in the mornings, I'm spending time schooling the other girls. And then I'm distracted trying to feed the baby and stuff. And then Lena goes down for a nap. Then when she wakes up for her from her nap, because she takes like a three-hour nap still, I'm cooking dinner. And like, she's not getting any attention from me other than like occasional, you know, like, of course, I'm holding her and loving on her when I can. But she's she does not get any solo attention. And I was able to see, okay, she knew she was not supposed to draw on what she drew on. But it's showing me that I need to step back and reevaluate our schedule because she's clearly needing a, needing to meet the need of of attention, one-on-one attention. Right. So right. that's just a personal example where I was able to not get angry and realize that. Yeah, I think that's I think I think that's actually a a really a really good example. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, of course, man. Um, so uh, something else I will say about disobedience. I don't remember being mentioned in this book, but in just like other parenting books and things that I think works really well is ultimately when we tell our kids to do something, like I said, the pride wells up when they say no. And I think that's something that has been like a really interesting reframe has been trying to help our kids get to the conclusion of what they need to do on their own. So for instance, our kids will come down in the morning uh, with, uh, well, let's just say at night, at night they're exhausted, they're tired. And instead of, instead of, 
making them like go go put on their pajamas, right? We could then rephrase a little bit differently, which you'd, you'd say this is teetering on the side of snowflakeism, but it's really not. I just made that up, snowflakeism. It's snowflakeism. Uh, but it's, it's really not. I think what's interesting is, so we would now ask them like, hey, girls, it's bedtime. What do we need to go to bed, right? And so they might, they might rattle off like, like we, we, we need to brush our teeth. Yeah. We need to do this. We need to do that. So they're excited that we're helping them, asking them a question and then showing them how smart they are by answering. And then we're like, cool, how do we do that? And then they go and do it. You know, um, it doesn't work every time, but it is interesting oh, allowing them come to that conclusion rather yeah. than us forcing everything. Well, who everything wants to be bossed around with every single thing they do all day and not right. have any control over their own time or what they're doing, what they're wearing, et cetera? Like, it makes sense. Yeah. I don't think it's snowflakeism. So, yeah, all in all, I think that the idea of this book is it's funny, it kind of comes back to, uh, the beginning of our whole podcast of just being self-aware. If you're going to read this book, you need to have a softened heart and an ability to re- really reflect on yourself because that's what we had to do and, and yeah. let the Holy Spirit kind of convict you on areas that you need to change for yourself to help your kids. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, me and Jonna always have these thoughts that we can put more into an episode than we thought. Hopefully that was helpful for you. We're going to end it there at this episode on just disobedience i think 20 minutes is pretty solid yeah um come back for chapter two yeah come back for chapter two and we will jump into uh back talk that should be fun so all right guys well hopefully this helped again uh keep sending in (laughs) names for the book club i think i'm sold on not your old ladies book club (laughs) that really that really makes me feel like we're gonna have like a wild book club and it just isn't that not your old ladies book club it's cool for somebody who's doing something a little more wild yeah I guess you're right. Maybe mm-hmm. we're giving ourselves too much credit for <laughs> being cool. Yeah, we All probably right. are as lame as it just being called book club. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. All right, maybe maybe we should do this on video and wear straw hats and floral straw dresses hats. and things like that. You know, just like the old Southern ladies who uh, who are sitting in the living room and that drinking tea. That's yeah, what I think. Right, of. right. So okay. <laughs> here we are. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Well, uh, so that was it for chapter one. All right. Thanks for listening to the Grow Self, Grow Marriage podcast. If you enjoyed the first episode of the book club or whatever the heck we're calling it, go ahead and share it. If you didn't have a chance to go buy the book yet, check your check the show notes or our social media, um, and you'll be able to find the link to Triggers. And uh, come back for chapter two. Sounds good. And uh, just a disclaimer, we we do get a kickback from you buying the book. So if you're going to buy it anyway, I mean, why not use our link, right? Help us out. Shameless plug. Shameless. All right. See you guys.